Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Excited so that we have a beautiful new Torah here. Hallelujah. It's such a blessing to be here. And uh, we thank Adonai for providing this beautiful Torah scroll for such a beautiful congregation that honors the commandments of the Lord and, and uh, the commandment of keeping the Shabbat holy, setting it apart, and obeying his, his commandment, which is like he did himself and he taught the Torah to his, to his disciples. And Yeshua. And so we, we thank you, Abba, for this beautiful Torah. We bless your name, Abba. We thank you that not this only physical Torah, but we thank you for the living Torah, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the real uh, Messiah that has revealed himself and his flesh on the, on, on the, on the tree, just like this Torah represents. The, the wood, the etzheim, and the lambskin being being uh, on, uh, laid on, the, on, on this Etzheim. We thank you, Abba, that uh, by your stripes you are, we are healed. Alleluia. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Alleluia. Just a short version of, a, of a, a story about this Torah scroll. This Torah scroll came actually from a synagogue in the Galilee area where Yeshua spent most of his time, actually. Alleluia. Yes, yes. It's a long story. So. <laughs> Okay, so this Torah scroll comes from a congregation in the Galilee, Tiberias area. Who has been to Israel already? Oh, wow, beautiful. Who has floated in the Galilee? No, <laughs> only in the Dead Sea. Only in the de- <laughs> All right, okay. So 
Yeah, and hopefully we can go to Israel. Next year is going to be the 75th anniversary for Israel. Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh, so this Torah scroll is, uh, is, uh, is a blessing. Uh, and actually it was from a Romanian congregation, from the Romanian uh, Jews that immigrated to Israel in the Galilee area. There are many Romanian Jews that come, that, that fled from the, uh, also after the Holocaust time. Um, this should be around 50, 40 years old uh, Torah scroll written in Israel by a scribe, a sofer. Um, it's very, very hard to write a Torah scroll. It takes about a year full time to write a Torah scroll from scratch. If there is any defect, anything, any letter that is not there, they actually take the whole layer, the whole um, layer of, of the lambskin and they, they do it from scratch. So it's, it's really a hard work. And it was a blessing and a miracle to find such a Torah scroll that has um, such perfection and not so many corrections. Just a few here and there. It's 40, 50 years old, but it's, it's, it's a blessing. So we thank you, Abba, for, for helping us find the Torah scroll um, and also using me to be part of this great uh, um, mitzvah that was done. And, and because we really choose, we choose a very, very... Uh, meticulously the Torah scrolls um, it was very hard so this one was the, the one that was looking very very good and so we thank you Abba. Normally um, because uh, the Lord has put me in in, uh, in the midst of uh, many Orthodox Jews, rabbis, uh, uh, chief rabbi of Jerusalem and so through through that connection that the Lord has given me um, I am a, I'm a representative for their Jewish products in the in the U.S. And so, uh, but, typic but typically, a, a Torah scroll, they won't sell it to, you know, if, especially if they know we believe in Yeshua. So, so it was such a blessing. Um, and through that connection, we're able to get Torah scrolls from, uh, kosher Torah scrolls from, from the Jewish community, uh, from our community. And, and yes, um, so it says a little bit here about the, the congregation. The congregation was a Romanian congregation that... Um, was in the in the in the late 70s 80s and in Israel and and yeah we 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 pray that this Torah scroll will be a blessing to this congregation and then many others in their bar mitzvah they'll read the Torah scroll here in the bat mitzvah in the in the Kolodi congregation and and really all of our support is here for the Kolodi congregation we really appreciate uh, the work that Rabbi Rabbi is doing and with the community and and family, Gary, we thank you very much too. And we hope to be to be in Israel soon. Amen. That now that the borders are open, let's uh, let's uh, let's celebrate in Jerusalem in the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a commandment. Amen. From the Lord. Who wants to go to Israel next year? Maybe I'll talk with the rabbi. We can plan a trip. You know, <laughs> that would be great. Hallelujah. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Blessing. In Numbers 25, where that's where we are. Pinchas. We heard those beautiful readings uh, earlier from the Torah. And Father, we thank you. Open our eyes, we pray. Gal Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Vishem Yeshua, Lord, we pray. Hine avi alachem ruhi 
Turn to my reproof, you said, Lord. Surely I will pour out my spirit, my breath to you. I will make known my words to you. So we trust you for that, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> Numbers 25, verse 12 says that talks about Pinchas. Here it says, God says to give him a covenant of shalom. I will give him a covenant of shalom. And for what? Let's read that. Verse 10, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Pinchas, son of Eliezer, son of Aaron, the Kohen, has turned away my anger from the children of Israel because he was very zealous for me. Zealous with my jealousy, it says a little later. And it says he has my zeal, my jealousy. And he says, I'm making with him a covenant of shalom. Now, what was this for? In the previous parasha, he speared, he speared literally a couple for, uh, and, you know, killed them in, the, in their tent, I believe it was. And so this doesn't seem to make sense. A God makes a covenant of shalom for an act of violence. God makes a covenant of peace with him over an act of aggression and vengeance for Pinchas's zeal or jealousy for his God, it says, Kinei Lohim, Lohav, rather. And jealousy, this word kana in Hebrew is, this word jealousy is protective ownership. It means to demand exclusive rights. When God is jealous over us, it means he, he owns us and he, want, he, has, he demands exclusive rights over us. And God says, noten lo et briti shalom, a covenant of peace. He says, it's my jealousy he has, my jealousy, uh, kiniti he has. So let me mention a few things. We have to be careful that we don't try to make God, and I'll explain this context of this in just a minute, of what really happened. But we have to be careful that we don't try to make God in our image that we don't try to conform God to our tastes and what we agree with. I may not like, for example, by the way, some say, would say, well, even the music we just saw, someone would say, well, that's, you know, why is it so elaborate? And I don't believe you should be that elaborate. Well, you wouldn't have liked some of the, the things going on at the tabernacle in, the, in, the, in biblical times. You would have boycotted that. <laughs> you would have said, this is too fancy. This is too artistic. Um, the, all the priests and the Kohanim and all that they're doing and the Levit Levitical choirs and all of the things that they were doing. You know, listen, God is a God of beauty and, 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 and uh, creativity. And I may not or like or agree with what someone says or does, but that doesn't mean that I'm right. I thank God for the voices in my life that offended me in ministry and caused me to grow in my early years. I think of one person, um, Art Katz. Anyone ever hear Art Katz in my early years? Boy, talk about getting offended. Um, he would offend you left and right. Either you, you know, receive it or you didn't. Or my pastor or my rabbi. God would never have been able to use me in ministry if I had not been caused to grow up. If not offended, you won't grow up. May I say that? If not offended, you won't grow up, and you won't grow. Learn to swallow my pride. 
Learn to humble myself. Learn to be teachable, to trust God for his providence because he's much bigger than the episode or the situation. Psalm 119 verse 165 says, Great shalom have those who love your Torah. Nothing shall offend them. Toughen your hide. Blessed is he who's not offended in me, Yeshua said. Would I have walked out on Yeshua speaking? I wonder. I wonder. I hope not. But you know, in John 6, many of the disciples did. It says when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can listen to it? And so he said to them, does this offend you? And it says in John 6, verse 66, that this, from this time, many of his disciples left and quit walking with him. So we say, well, I love everything Yeshua says, Jesus says. Well, not everything necessarily. Some of the things would have really upset you or I. I'm saying me too. We would have got it really, we would have said, what? And maybe we would have been so upset that we would have said, I'm, I'm not hanging around, I'm not staying for this anymore. This is really offensive. And this is the times we live in where, you know, everything has to be so, you know, oh, don't say anything that would offend. That's one reason I think, personally, team sports is, is very healthy growing up. You learn to submit your personal agendas for the greater goal of the team in many cases. I know that can be, you know, abuses of that, God forbid. But, but it's good to get knocked down and have to get up again. And there's so many lessons in team sports, you know, there really are. Well, what happened here in this case? In Numbers 25, verses 7 and 8, a number of Jewish men had been seduced by foreign women. As was often the case in ancient cultures, sexual immorality was frequently mixed into pagan rites and religion. A defiant, public, shameful, in-your-face act of rebellion and immorality was directed at Moses' leadership when a tribal leader had sex in full view of Moses and the Israelites. And right in front of the holy tent of meeting, where God would converse with Moses, no less. Kind of a, an I double dare you to Moses. The people were aghast and so in shock that they were paralyzed as to what to do. So amidst this confusion, as even Moses seemed at a loss, Pinchas stood up. And he acted decisively. He grabs a spear and he killed the couple, Zimri and Cosby, Cosby, and he so stopped a plague being brought about against the Israelites as punishment. Now, I think 24,000 people ended up dying as a plague, so he stopped it after already that many people died. Now, here's a rabbi, Svi, he says this, that a comment I like. Here's a great explanation or what he said. There are certain times in life, or great application, there are certain times in life when you cannot go through the normal channels, ask permission, wait for due process, or fill out the necessary forms. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, we need the zealousness of Pinchas. We need to seize the moment, let our passion for justice, or our parental motions for our children's welfare, take hold and break protocol and do whatever is necessary for something imperative to get done. Those are the times when we cannot simply go by the book, 
wait, and hope. The occasion demands a swift, out-of-the-box decision and action. And it may very well remedy a terrible wrong being committed, as in the case with Pinchas. I think it's a really good explanation and summary. You know, the expression goes, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. And sometimes you need to use just sechel, common sense, and not go by the rules. You really have to use wisdom from God. And that, so that's a tough case here. Obviously, no one would condone you say murder, but this was a case where it was flagrant in front of the Holy of Holies. He was doing something horrible, uh, immorally, and uh, religiously, and it was a different time period, of course, but he had, someone had to take action, and he did. And so he's given a covenant of peace for it. Now, turn to chapter 27, and we go to a whole other situation that about five amazing women, five daughters, that had amazing courage. In Numbers 27, we have this episode of the daughters of Tzalafchad. The Israelites were about to enter the promised land and divide it among the 12 tribes. A claim of inheritance for part of it was made by Tzalafchad's five daughters. Let me read the first several verses in chapter 27. The daughters of Tzalafchad, they came close and stood in front of Moses and in front of Eleazar the high priest and in front of the princes of the 12 tribes and in front of the entire assembly at the entrance of the tent of meeting. This is an amazing thing that these women did. This took, you can't imagine, I can't imagine the courage it took for these women to do this publicly and to buck the system, so to speak, to be willing to go outside of the box. Look what they did. They said, but it was for a reason, a, a just reason that was in, burning in their hearts. Our father died in the wilderness, they said, in the desert, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be absent from among the family because he hadn't a son? And so here as they boldly say, give us, give us a possession of the land among our father's brothers. So Moses, what does he do? Moses brought their claim before God. And God says to Moses, God answers Moses, and what does he say? Tell them to be quiet. Tell them, tell them what, what, do you, what business do you have asking me that? No. What does he say? The daughters of Tzalafchad are totally right. You certainly must give them a possession of inheritance. They changed as a result of this. The laws are changed. And new laws are given for inheritance. Our father died, they said. But he was not one of the followers banding against Adonai with Korah in that conspiracy of Korah. He said, our father was not involved in that. He died. He wasn't involved in that horrible conspiracy in Numbers chapter 16 with Korah's rebellion. Remember, they were all, all the people were caught up in it, in conspiracy against Moses. He said, our dad wasn't involved in that. And so now, Lama, why? Lama, why, they said. Give to us property. A bold request. Sometimes, may I say, sometimes we have legitimate questions regarding how things are faring out. They're legitimate questions churning inside you. Sometimes you're unsettled for a reason. And so you have to do something about it. 
Yeshua said, ask, and what? It shall be given. Seek, and you shall what? Find. Knock, and what? The door shall be open. Keep asking. Keep seeking. He says, don't be passive. Don't be, don't be, well, I guess it's not, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. God says, no, I want you to seek me. I want you to, I want you to engage me. I want you to do something. To, to, to this, you're unsettled for a reason. Lama, why? It's for a reason. Because I do want to do something. I do want to answer your prayers. I do want to do something. So Moses brought the case of judgment before the Lord, it says. And the Lord spoke to him. And he said, write, Ken. My name, Ken, when I go to Israel. I'm no longer Ken. The first few days whenever I'm in Israel, because my name is Ken, I always think everybody's calling. I say, Ken, Ken, Ken. I always look around, and then I stop. I'm Hanan. That's my Hebrew name. I'm Hanan in Israel. So I stop being. But the first few days, it's always like, Ken, Ken. I keep turning around. So. But Ken is yes in Hebrew. And that's what the Hebrew says here. It says, Ken. It says, right, yes. That's what he says. Yes are the daughters of Tzlachad. Yes, they're right. Yes. Affirmative. Turn over the inheritance of their father to them. They win. They win. <laughs> How about that? They spoke up and they made their case. They asked for a revision of the laws of inheritance, a female inheritance of property, an exception to the patrilinear lineal transfer of land. Publicly before Moses, Eleazar, the high priest, the rulers of the assembly, bravery, Fearlessness, conviction, respect. They, have res they showed respect, but resolve. And all before the central structure around which the Jewish people encamped, and even the very spot that God would speak with Moses, the tent of meeting was like a mini Mount Sinai. Imagine the intimidation they must have felt. I can imagine they must have said, oh, we can't do this. Again, from this rabbi I quoted earlier, he says, they were willing to confront and take on the entire powerful establishment at the seat of power if need be. And they did, and they won. They were granted full property rights in their father's inheritance. And they were used to establish a legal principle setting a precedent for the rest of the nation. It's clarified further in Numbers chapter 36. So their action had a great influence to help many others in the future. That's what's amazing. You never know that your action, what you do, if you're led by the Lord and you, take, you follow that prompting by the Spirit of God, by the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God in you, and you take action, and you never know. You say, well, what I did, I don't know if it's really going to make much difference. It may make a difference not just for you, but it's for future, for those in the future that follow you. Going up and challenging the status quo. What might that mean for you or for us? In our music and our outreach, we must be open to fresh and unorthodox approaches. Hello. I'll say it again. We must, in our music and our outreach, be open to fresh and unorthodox approaches. Those that are out of the side of the norm. As Messianic Jews in the Jewish community, we must assert our place. We are not second-class Jews. In the greater body of Messiah, we are not replaced. We have an irreplaceable prophetic place. As Messianic Gentiles, 
you are crucial and pivotal alongside the Jewish believers in the Messianic congregation. We need each other desperately. And in the Christian community, non-mainstream can become mainstream. Provoke them to re-examine and realign theology to a more accurate, prophetic Romans 9 through 11 lens and to a much more biblical Yeshua. Amen? Don't have a victim mentality. Have a victor mindset. Be bold and courageous and take what's yours. Don't let the enemy keep you from it. Joshua 1, 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Chazak ve'emetz, be strong and of good courage. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, Ephesians 6.10. The righteous are as timid as a... <laughs> it's a timid animal, right? <laughs> What's it say? The righteous are what? As bold as a lion, right? Okay, very good. Proverbs 28, verse 1. So they won. Their case was adjudicated and vindicated, and their cause was upheld. And now precedent was set for future generations. New legal rulings were created. 2711 of Numbers says this is to be a legal statute for the children of Israel, for B'nai Israel, just as Adonai commanded Moses, and again in chapter 36. It's like a new chapter in the Torah. In a sense, in a sense, we are still writing the Bible, in a sense. New heroes and heroines of the faith in every generation. Amen? Hebrews 11 is still being written. You're Hebrews 11. You're Hebrews 11. Really. It's still being written. You are our letter written in our hearts, Paul says, known and read by everyone, by all men, by all people in 2 Corinthians 3.2. Uh, I mentioned this before. I'd forgotten all about it till, and, and, but years ago, but I remembered my mom when she was a curriculum coordinator in the school system. She taught English for many years as professor, and then she was curriculum coordinator for a huge, uh, huge school system in the Northeast. And she introduced, it's called, right, the book Johnny? Johnny Erickson taught it. She introduced that book into the school's curriculum as required reading, and it was a very secular school system. It wasn't like here, you know. And she had so much resistance from her peers. And, you know, everyone was, but she got it done. She got it done after she be, had become a believer. And, um, you know, whatever God calls you to do, do it. 27.7, God said to their, their disturbingly, seemingly arrogant request is totally right. The Hebrew word ken, ken benot tzlachad divrot. Uh, ken in, from Canaan, it means to establish a firm beginning. It's setting a new foundation, setting a foundation. So the new law is introduced, a new chapter in the Torah. The laws of inheritance, it changed the history, and they were the catalyst. They were a vehicle for God's word being revealed. Their actions. 
We could mention many courageous women in the Bible who changed history. Sarah, the, the Hebrew midwives, Rahab, Rahab, Ruth, Esther, Abigail, the Shunammite, the woman with the alabaster jar of pure nard in front of the table of dumbfounded men, Phoebe. They were right, says God. Certainly, absolutely give them and their families a possession of inheritance. Our initiative, our proactive stance, our leadership may in turn help others who were not even in sight when we acted. And so a question, why did Moses or Eleazar or any of the princes, why didn't they think of this? And the answer obviously is because it wasn't their job to. God put it in the hearts of the daughters of Tzalafchad. That was their job. You'd say, well, why didn't they think of this? Why didn't the leadership here think of it? Because it's not their job. It's your job. He puts it in your hearts. Don't find fault. Don't look for it. Gary was saying that the other, to me the other day. He said, it's so easy to criticize. It's so easy to, to complain. And it is. Don't complain. Let's do something positive. Be the answer. Don't be the pro part of the problem, right? Let's be thankful and do what God puts in your heart and trust God for the outcome. Some of the greatest ministries within a synagogue will often come through the courageous initiative of a member or members. Don't allow circumstances or other people to intimidate you from advocating for the just cause which God has put burning in your heart, however unorthodox it may be. If it hasn't been done yet, it may be because it's to be done by you. <laughs> Amen. Father, we just thank you for these stories of Pinchas and the daughters of Tzalafchad, Father, that are given us in your word. Lord, we know that in ourselves we can do nothing, but Lord, we are weak in ourselves, but we're strong in you, Lord. And you use, you use all sorts of instruments. You use us in our, in our availability to you. So help us to respond to your strength, to your prompting when you keep something in our heart. Help us to trust you for the outcome, Lord. And help us to be patient and to wait for the, your timing in everything. But help us to not be passive. Help us to not give up. Help us to not sit back and complain, but to move forward with, with a response to you, to your spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we can make a difference. Thank you that we are the future, the ongoing Hebrews 11 heroes and heroines, Lord, of faith, of trust, of emunah, emunah. Thank you, Lord, that we've seen that in the people in, in Elahana today and the people that are here with us today, Lord worshiping you and praising you and, and so many, many behind the scenes people, Lord, in this congregation, Lord, people doing things that are, that are not recognized and not seen. Thank you, oh God. We bless you. Thank you that each one is needed, Lord. Each one is important, Lord God. We bless you. We thank you. If you've never trusted Yeshua, I want to say if you're watching online today or you're here and you've never trusted, put your faith in Yeshua, wow. Wow, wow, guess what? God loves you, and what an opportunity you have right now to say, God, I need you. God, I'm ready to, I want to give my life to you. I want to trust you, put my faith in Yeshua. Lord, I don't understand it all, 
I don't have to. But Lord, something in me is saying, I want to trust you. Thank you for giving your son, for giving Yeshua to be my Messiah. And Lord, help me to, help me to trust you. I ask Yeshua to come into my life. Show yourself to me, Lord. Show me how real you are, Lord. I'm willing to take that step of courage and boldness, Lord, like the, these daughters of Tzlafchad did. I'm taking that step of courage today to trust Yeshua and ask him to be my Messiah, to ask him in my life. And if you're praying that prayer, uh, hopefully there'll be a couple, maybe someone up here to pray with you afterwards. Maybe a few people will come up. And if not, if you're watching online, write us, contact us, and we'll contact you back, help you in any way we can. Isa Adonai Panavelecha, Vesem Lecha Shalom. Bisham Yeshua Hamashiach, Sar Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face on you and grant you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen.